We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What was your favorite toy growing up? 651-641-1071. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer is on Vacacion. Holly Roberts and I are hanging with you today. We're doing great. Everything's oh, yeah. fine. It's fine. Everything's it's fine. normal. We're good. It's fine. What was your favorite toy growing up? 651-641-1071. Would you like to know why I'm asking, Holly? Well, yes, Colleen. Why are we asking people what their Thank favorite you. toy was? Thank you for asking. Um, because the National Toy Hall of Fame has announced its finalists for the 2021 class. Now, this happens every year, and I feel like we talk about it in some way, shape, or form every single year. But for me, it's always this like nostalgic trip down memory lane because you start to see a list of these toys that you maybe or maybe didn't play with. And you're like, oh, man, we don't have any cool things like that anymore. So here's what um, here are the toys that are up for the 2021 class of the National Toy Hall of Fame. Are you ready? I was born ready. I thought so. American Girl Dolls. Makes sense. Makes right? sense. Battleship. Yeah. You sunk my battleship. I love that. I still G-14. love that game. Billiards. Okay. Huh? What? 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 Okay, we're, fine. We're going to put on our knickerbockers and we're going to go play billiards. Okay. We're going to go play billiards. <laughs> Cabbage Patch Kids, which, yes. That's shocking. Like, I can't believe it's not already in there. That needs to go in now. Now. Right? Yesterday. Um... Pinata. Well, that's fun. I mean, I don't know if I consider it a toy. No, to me, it feels more like a party activity. But nobody asked me. But as I guess, evidenced by the fact that billiards is in the running. Yeah. All right. So what we're learning is that the National Toy Hall of Fame has a very uh, loose criteria for what a toy is. It seems like it, because uh, I, okay, the other two are Risk, the game Risk, and the set the Settlers of Catan. But the, um, you missed we know that sand. they have a loose. I know. <laughs> what? Sand. That's a that's a finalist. Sand. Oh my gosh! I didn't see sand on the on the list. I bet, You're right though. I bet dirt's already in there. Dirt's already in there. Well, uh-huh. here was last week's or last week's last year's. Jenga, yes. Uh-huh. Sidewalk chalk, and baby Nancy. Congratulations to baby Nancy. She's clap for baby in the toy to hall of fame. To 651-641-1071. What was your favorite toy as a child? Who do we have on the line, Holly? We have Malia on the line. Hello, Malia. Malia, what was your favorite toy as a child? Um, Click Clacks. 
click clack. What is a click clack? They're like really large marbles on the end of a string. Yes. And you got them going really fast. You could get them to clack up and down. They're kind of like nunchucks if you're really not good at it. Right. I was going to say, I know what you're talking about. I feel like, thank you, by the way, Malia, for your call. I remember, I like remember what those are, but I also, as a parent right now, feel like those would be potentially harmful in my house. Yes. Harmful to your mental health is what you mean. Both my mental health and I think, like she said, they're kind of like nunchucks. I feel like my kids would figure out a way to terrorize each other with them. Yes. Uh, although, let's be real. Like, they're creative enough. They could do that with just about anything. They don't but, need click clacks. No, they don't need click clacks for that. Who else do we have on the line? We have Debbie on the line. Hi, Debbie. 651-641-1071. What, is your fav- what was your favorite toy as a child? Debbie, what was your favorite toy as a child? Mine was the Barbie doll. I had Barbie, Ken, and Midge. And I had the little carrying case with all the clothes. And at the age of 70 today, I still have it all. Wow. Okay. Lucky, lucky, lucky on all counts. First of all, you had the coolest collection because you had all the good stuff. Yeah. Secondly, (laughs) that you still have it. That's huge. I know. And they say if you have it in good, good shape, it's even worth more. So mine are in perfect shape. Oh, my gosh, Debbie. Well, you listen you use those wisely yes and and, and don't do anything that would make them be in bad condition thank you debbie exactly. thanks debbie. don't play too thank hard you. with your barbie <laughs> thanks for your call 651-641-1071 what was your favorite toy to play with as a kid holly what was your favorite toy my favorite toy i'd have to say it was a nintendo or sega it was a video oh, yeah. game console for sonic sure. the hedgehog mario brothers all that kind of stuff every saturday morning we'd be playing that Oh, for sure. Only on Saturday mornings. Oh, no. I play at any time. I had no rules. I could do whatever I want. I know. Isn't that like that was. Yeah. Right. Like it was the 90s. It was the 90s. You just watched Beavis and Butthead and play Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) No big deal. What about you, Colleen? Um, Okay. So when I thought about this, the first thing that came to my mind, and I don't think that this is going to be like ever in the National Toy Hall of Fame. I loved this doll called the cut and grow doll and she had like yarn hair and you could pull the hair out to make it grow and then you could cut it into a style and then you'd pull it out again and you could cut it again. It was, I don't remember much about her, but I remember like loving that I could, I didn't love dolls, but I loved dolls that could do something for me. Oh, and yeah. like she, she was a little bit more than just like a carry around doll. Like I could do. So, so I loved that. I thought that was the most genius toy ever. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't that it would be like, this is going to sound stupid, but an easel. Like, cause I just liked to draw and paint. So I wonder if that's, I should see if that's already an easel in the Toy Hall of Fame. Totally. 651-641-1071. What was your favorite toy as a child? Who do we have on the line, Holly? Let's go to Cookie. Hello, Cookie. Cookie, what was your favorite toy as a child? I am quite old, and this was back in the 1950s, but I had a Lone Ranger and Tonto set. I feel like everyone probably had some of that. Super popular. What was it about the Lone Ranger and Tonto set that you loved? I just thought it was the coolest thing that he could ride around and do what he wanted. 
and do for good in on a beautiful white horse. And I just remember thinking it was the best to have a sidekick that was always there and always loyal. Oh, I love that. I love that. Thank you for your call, Cookie. Um, I, the thing that I think is so sweet about that is like she had a really good explanation for why it was so special yeah, to it her. Wasn't and like, it was more than just like, I like to play with them. And he was, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Let's do one more. Who, All right. who else do we have on the line, huh? Uh, Daniel is going to give us the final word today. Wonderful. Daniel, you're giving us the last word. What was your favorite toy as a child? It was a made in Minnesota Tonka toy uh, car carrier, like when you see the big truck carrying eight new um, cars to the dealer. It was like yes. that. Um, so it's 50-some years old. It's held up great. And my four-year-old grandson, when he came this summer, he fell in love with it. Aww, oh, that is so Daniel. cool. Daniel, that is really cool. You know, I think about those things now. I don't think things are made like that anymore, where you can hang on to them and they're going to stay in good condition and your grandkids can play with them. So that is such a special thing. Thank you for your call, Daniel. Thank you. That Tonka truck, that thing lasts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for your call. And we will just have to wait on bated breath to see see if sand makes it this year. Will sand make it and join (laughs) dirt? In the Toy yeah. Hall of Fame. Exactly. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, ooh, JoJo with a Bobo is getting ballsy with Nickelodeon. She has said some stuff, and I feel like we need to, I don't know, unpack it a little bit. JoJo is talking about the the entity she has a contract with, and she's not saying good things. We'll talk about it after this on My Talk 1071. JoJo Siwa is saying some stuff. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainers on vacation. Holly and I are hanging out with you. Hello. Hi. Hi. Okay, so JoJo Siwa, also known as JoJo with a Bobo. Um, so okay, first of all, let's just talk about how successful this woman is. Um, she's 18 years old. She is an empire. Um, she got her start on um on uh dance moms dancing with abby lee miller she quickly became a nickelodeon celebrity she's got like albums and youtube channels and specials and tv shows and merch for days yeah a cartoon and like merch for days cars with her face on it like i mean listen she's she's like out of this world Mm -hmm. okay so she's a big darn deal also about to be on dancing with the stars so we're seeing her reach beyond the Nickelodeon brand. And one of the questions we've asked all along about Jojo Siwa is like, okay, sure, like she's Jojo with a bobo. She's like, looks like a rainbow and a glitter factory puked all over her. Like she, but how does she then take herself to the next level brand wise? Yeah. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that with her move to Dancing with the Stars. Sure. But that's not why I called. As Donna would say. Why did you Um, call? Ring, ring. Thank you for asking. What's going on? So, JoJo Siwa is getting ready to go on tour. Uh, And you may or may not realize that she's got a movie musical that's also just being released. And that movie musical has a bunch of original songs that she wrote and she performs in the musical. Hmm. Well, that's nice. 
Right. Right. Super great for her. Yeah. And she's about to go out on tour and Nickelodeon, allegedly, who she's, by the way, under contract with, said to her, hey, you can't perform any of the songs from the show, from the from the special, from the movie musical in Hmm. your live show. That's a curious choice on why Nickelodeon would say that. Okay, so stick a pin in that because I think that's an interesting conversation to have as well. Uh, by the way, the name of the movie is The J Team, and it's, ex- it's exclusively on Paramount Plus in July. Okay, so let's remember that. So it's on Paramount Plus. Okay, there it is. Making a note. Interesting. Is interesting. Carry on. And Nickelodeon is saying you may not do any of the songs from your show, from your new uh, movie that's just been released. So she takes to Twitter because that is what we do in the year 2021 when we are displeased with something. And she writes, I go out on tour in January. My movie musical was just released with six new original songs. Nickelodeon told me today that I'm not allowed to perform or add any of the songs from my film into my show. These are my songs, my voice, my writing. Does that seem fair? She puts out to the Twitterverse. Ooh, Jojo with the oh no. Oh my gosh. I was like, girl, that was ballsy. Mm-hmm. Because Very you, ballsy. she's got her hands in a lot of cookie jars. Yes. That is a bold move to decide to put Nickelodeon, big old Nickelodeon, on full earth blast. Right. On the Twitterverse. Because you can't sing your songs. Now, I would imagine she's got a contract with Nickelodeon. I cannot imagine that the contract isn't clear about that. Yeah. So I have a lot of questions. Your thoughts, Holly? Thank you, Colleen. You're welcome. Well, you first brought up that this movie, The J Team, was released on Paramount Plus earlier this summer. Which mm-hmm. got me curious. I was like, well, of course it's going to be on Paramount Plus because Nickelodeon is part of the CBS Viacom universe. And Nickelodeon airs its content exclusively on Paramount Plus. Then I was like, okay, well, that makes sense. Well, then who made the J team looking? And it comes from Nickelodeon movies. So Nickelodeon made the darn movie. But what JoJo Siwa is saying in this tweet specifically, is that they're my songs, I wrote them. There's something there that Nickelodeon is like, "Mm, we don't want JoJo with the Bobo to be making money off of the songs that perhaps she owns the publishing rights to on our tour, which she is producing. So she's flexing. JoJo is doing some business flex on Twitter. She absolutely is. And you know, the thing I find interesting about this is... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. She's definitely hedging her bets right now. Yeah. Because what I hear in that, she has to. And what I hear underneath all that, by the way, she also said um, in uh, another tweet, she she basically said she's being per, she's being treated as a brand, but not a real human. She said working for a company as a real human being treated only as a brand is fun until it's not. Yeah. So when I say she's hedging her bets, what I mean is what Jojo Siwa is doing right now before our very eyes is having like her big adult moment where she is trying to decide if as a performer, as an entity, she can still be of more value outside of Nickelodeon um, because she's I mean, she knows she's under contract with Nickelodeon. Right. I would find it really difficult to believe that there is an explicit outlining of that in her contract with Nickelodeon. Yeah. Well, right. It, right. It seems weird to me that she would be like about to go on a tour and be surprised by Nickelodeon having an opinion about whether or not she does songs from the movie. Yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, too, you know, you're talking about Jojo Siwa repositioning her career because she's 18 years old. She's an adult. Mm-hmm. She's getting into more adult things. So ABC produces Dancing with the Stars. That's all Disney which is Mm -hmm. the direct rival of Nickelodeon. So I'm Mm -hmm. wondering if Nickelodeon is getting cranky in their pants and being like, honey, you are not going to be singing these songs. We control you. Nice try. We let you on Dancing with the Stars, but don't get too big for your sparkly rainbow britches. Right. And and she's like feeling that tension right now because she's like, hold the phone. Okay. Yeah. So your move now, Jojo Siwa. And so she takes to Twitter and she says, you guys, this isn't fair. What do you think? And she opens the floodgates for I don't know what JoJo Siwa fans are called. Um, I'm sure they have some cute, adorable, kicky name, like Unicorn Vomit or something, right? Because she's... <laughs> the Bobo Army? Know, the Bobo Army. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're, then they unleash, uh, yep. no doubt, on Nicola. She knows exactly yeah, what she's because doing. Because when you post on social media and you do something like that and you have such a fan base like JoJo Siwa, you know exactly what you are doing you are Mm -hmm. you are dropping in that big sparkle splash and being like go get him joe jojo bobo army go get him." yes and you know again she is she is definitely flexing she's she's flexing her adult um muscle she is actually making history on dancing with the stars as the first person to partner in a same-sex couple go get them on dancing with the stars go girl we are on your side for this moment until you bother us again later when we come back on the colleen and bradley show we've got celebrities behaving badly we call them d-bugs after this on my talk 1071 this is the colleen and bradley show on my talk 1071 we are streaming live at mytalk1071.com. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainers on vacation. Holly Roberts and I are hanging with you today. Oh, yes. And we've got some celebrities behaving badly. We call them... D-Bags! Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Holly, who is your D-Bag today? My D-Bag's Eric Jane. Ooh, is she that real housewife? Yes. Now, I know that we don't talk a lot. She's been on the D-bag train for a hot minute. (laughs) Yeah, for a hot minute. Now, I know that we don't talk about the real housewives on this program. And, and, you know, I'm not a frequent watcher of the real housewives, but the saga of Erica Jane 
has captivated me. And she is my D-bag of the day because she's trying to cosplay not having any money by doing a paparazzi photo shoot at TJ Maxx. Okay. <laughs> like, Sorry. Hold the phone. <laughs> well, look at uh, okay, me. All, I have I love no money. Cosplay, no money. Yes. Girl. Yes. Yes. She, and so I, what I hear you saying is she's not a Maxinista. Well, look, love being a Maxinista. Yes. But we have legit, like lifestyles that yes. support the Maxinista. That's our vibe. Right. right? Well, and the optics of this. So yes. chronicling Erica Jane, Erica Girardi, and Tom Girardi, they're facing a lot of legal troubles. Long story short, Tom Girardi allegedly ripped off hundreds of millions of dollars from his law firm, money that was supposed to go to legitimate victims of families whose family members died in such things as airline crashes. And I'm used... It is so I gross. know this story, and yeah. every time I hear it, I get re-angry about it. Yes, you get re-angry about it because Tom Girardi allegedly, supposedly, fleeced these people out of money that they were supposed to get for a settlement, a tragic, tragic settlement, yeah. and used it to fund this lifestyle lived by himself and Erica Jane, including her glam that she would spend $40,000 a month on. Mm. Basically... The money that was supposed to go to victims of an airline crash went to Erica Jane's hair extensions. It's so terrible. It's It's disgusting. Terrible. It's legit disgusting. And and now the girl is taking the show out on the road to um, TJ Maxx. Yeah, to TJ Maxx and Petco because she wants to show show the optics. Petco too. Okay, so she's just hitting up the whole strip mall. Yeah, she's just hitting up the whole strip mall now. The optics of it and why this in particular is such D-bag behavior is that, okay, so you want me to feel bad for you and you want me to think that you're adjusting your lifestyle by looking at clothes, TJ Maxx. You want us to think that you're humbling yourself by being a Maxinista and looking at the sweaters on the rack at TJ Maxx. I just, oh God, I just feel like I would have loved to have been, and by love, I mean loathed to have been a fly on the wall in the conversation that no doubt took place before this shopping trip mm-hmm. that like the the conversation around what the intended optics of this experience were meant to be yes right because this is a very calculated choice oh a hundred this is a woman this is a woman who has a song called expensive and that is spelled with by the way two x's and a dollar sign thank you so So, i don't know if it's pronounced double expensive or i'm not sure or x expense if i don't know but there's so many options yeah but but this is a person who has been flexing their wealth for umpty foo you know years yes and now is because of the actions of her spouse finding herself in a situation where she might have to figure out how to not live that double expense ching of life. Yeah. She needs to figure out how to live like the rest of us. And this like ridiculous move of going to TJ Maxx like a normal person mm-hmm. 
was is meant to send a message. She knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. It's just gross. It's gross. It's like Erica Jane's trying to build empathy with the rest of us. Right. By shopping at TJ Maxx. This was an exclusive on page six, Colleen. What does an exclusive mean? Oh, it means the call is coming from inside the house, which means exactly what we're saying. Like her representation was like, hey, here's some pictures of Erica Jane shopping at a store that the um, that the commoners shop at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, because the headline is Erica Jane shops TJ Maxx amid legal and financial troubles. Oh, Mm -hmm. whoa, hath the mighty fallen from forty thousand dollars a month in glam. Now, keeping that. That number, glam, yeah, hair, makeup, whatever, $40,000, which is what a lot of people make in one year. Oh, yes. And now she's trying to humble herself and put out this humble picture mm-hmm. by shopping at TJ Maxx. I am not buying it, even if it no. is on clearance. Thank you very uh-uh. much. No, thank you. Not even if it, it is discounted, I am not buying it. Yeah. Which, thank love, you. love TJ Maxx, man. When you find a good deal, oh. you feel so good. Oh, agreed. I will be honest. There is not a TJ Maxx close enough to my house. I'm more of a Marshalls girl. I'm not saying I don't love TJ Maxx. I do. My point is a good deal will go a long way in this house. Exactly. By the way. Thank you. Side note obsession right now is putting things in my Poshmark cart and not checking out. Oh. Poshmark being a a resell place, which it's fantastic. Highly recommend. Holly, that is like, I've been doing that since like forever. It's my favorite thing to do. I put things in all my carts and then I watch them for like five days and I decide, do I really need that? And then I go, no. And then I put it back. Yeah. Or I flag it for later when I have, you know, yeah. when I win the lottery. If Erica Jane really wants to be like us, this is yes. what she needs to do. She needs mm-hmm. to take a picture of herself sitting in her underwear in her home bookmarking things on Facebook Marketplace and then not buying them. Then she will be just like us. Yeah. Who who is your D-bag calling? Also, I'm not even there yet. Hold on. I want to go back to Erica Jane. I think that is a woman who has never eaten a leftover in her life. And if she really wants to be like the rest of us, she's trying to make that one meal from that one restaurant last four days. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. You heard me. All right. When we no, I'm we're not going anywhere. No. I have a D-bag. Yeah, who's your D-bag, Colleen? The public. Yay. The public. I Bing. mean, I feel Bong. like yeah, exactly. One of these. You see, because sometimes we're calling the celebrities out, but sometimes we're calling the public out because come on, people. The public has somehow forced Octavia Spencer to apologize for her comment. On Britney Spears' engagement post. Mm. Y'all. <laughs> you guys, we have reached peak annoying. Octavia Spencer. I, I, I brought this up when it happened. When when uh, Britney Spears was like, I'm engaged. Yay. Like the thing that, aside from the fact that she was engaged, the thing that made headlines was Octavia Spencer and her very simple comment with her blue check mark, you better sign a prenup. She just said what we were all thinking. Exactly. Exactly. We were all thinking it. There is nothing to apologize for. Also, I would add, yes, nothing to apologize for. Yes, and nothing wrong with a prenup agreement. Thank you. Nothing wrong. Listen, that is about people protecting themselves. And Mm -hmm. if anybody needs to protect themselves, it is our friend Britney Spears. Like, 
A prenup for her would be actually a flex. Yes. Because it would be a way of saying, you guys, my money is my money. People have been controlling it for too long. Listen, we're all in support of it. Or I hope people are in support of it. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everybody, we can't have nice things. Octavia Spencer can't just make a joke or even just dole out some solid advice without everybody getting all upset. So Octavia Spencer takes to Instagram. And she writes the following post. Y'all, a few days ago, Sam and Brittany announced their engagement. And me, being me, I made a joke. My intention was to make them laugh, not cause pain. I've reached out to this lovely couple privately to apologize and now want to restore just a smidge of happiness they were robbed of. Okay, pause. I I need to know. I need more information Mm -hmm. because I... I don't get the impression that they were robbed of any happiness by Octavia Spencer's joke. I'm curious too, did it legit cause pain? Right. Or or did the people who are loving projecting pain onto Britney Spears? Cuz we are, let's be honest, yeah. like that is on trend right now. Oh, yeah. Britney Spears has become a cultural avatar for many, many things. And yes, probably that's a, a good lot way of putting it. And probably a lot of things that, you know, aren't necessarily true. We don't we, right. we speculate and we speculate. This show speculates. That's what we do. And that's yeah. what we do. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about about who got in Octavia Spencer's ear and was like, right. you need to apologize for this. Well, then she goes on to say, and this is where I think we get a little glimpse of where this is coming from. She said, Britney's fans have seen her through a lot of pain and she's found happiness. We're thrilled for her. Let's show them. So let's show them love. Hashtag no negativity. Listen, okay, I I guess I can see a world where somebody might say like, any like the only response to an engagement announcement should be congratulations. I can see that. Mm-hmm. But I also know that Sam Asgari's response to Octavia Spencer's, I, what I'm saying is I think they understood the humor of it. And in fact, actually, I'm not just making that up. Um, Sam Asgari actually, um, oh, by the way, it was make him sign a prenup. That's what she said specifically, not just sign. I hope you sign a prenup. It was make him sign a prenup. Yeah. Sam Asgari replied to Octavia Spencer's apology and said, you are very kind to clarify, but I have no hard feelings whatsoever. Jokes and misconceptions come with the territory. So I'm not hearing anything that indicates that there was any pain point on their end. He did that kind of thing, which was a little bless your heart. Yeah. In that yes. statement with Sam Asgari. However, now that brings attention to Sam Asgari. So then it probably wins for him because we know that Sam Asgari is a little thirsty himself. He likes some attention. He likes to let TMZ know where he's working out so that he mm-hmm. can place a Trader Joe's grocery bag over his head like he's auditioning for Chuck Barris's gong show. See yesterday's show. Thank you. Thank you. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, here's an update on The Activist. We talked about it a little bit yesterday about this CBS TV show uh, and um, Juliana Huff's deeply listening to the criticism around it. Well, there is an update on what's going to happen with the show, and we are going to take it down after this on My Talk 1071. 
Okay, so we have an update on the activist on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainers on Vacation. Holly Roberts and I are hanging with you. Ah, yes, and we're deeply listening. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Listening. We are deeply, deeply listening, just like our friend Juliana Huff was when there was a public outcry for uh, the TV show the activist holly can you give everybody an update on what the original plan for the activist was the original plan for the activist was it was going to be i believe a six-part reality series where activists from around the world would try to bring about meaningful change in the context of being judged by their ability to do media stunts, digital campaigns, and community events aimed at garnering the attention of the world's most powerful decision makers demanding action now. Now, that's a direct quote for the production company and CBS about this. Because when you think of activism, what you think about is a competition, right? No. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. 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 Um, so, like, I mean, just from the from the word go we were all a little bit like what the heck are we doing here yeah right? when i first read the synopsis for the activist my first initial thought was that's nasty that is nasty <laughs> no no we don't want do not want well then yesterday just to kind of bring everybody up to speed we read um so there were three judges that were going to be featured on the activist that were going to judge the activism uh and those judges were juliana huff priyanka chopra and ursher that would be Usher. Yeah. So Juliana Huff decided to make, to write to Tweetstagram, uh, which is our word for when people make Instagram posts with all words that are pictures of words. Tweetstagram. She Tweetstagrammed a, um, I don't know. I don't want to call it an apology. It was like a statement where she was explaining that she was deeply listening to the criticism about the activist. Um, and in it, she explained, you know, what she was hearing, which I thought was she was good at. Um, she was good about talking about the different perspectives that people had offered. Right. Right. Um, she she gave a reason why she signed on in the first place, which to me felt really unnecessary. She brought in this other conversation about a time that she did blackface in 2013 for Halloween. There was just a lot going on. But then also said, I've basically I've delivered I've delivered all of your commentary to the higher ups. And that was where she left it. There was a lot. There was a lot going on. There was a lot. I understand. Mm -hmm. But there is an update. So the higher ups have now spoken. So here's the update on the activist. They will now be. Um, sifting through the footage that already exists, stick a pin in that, and they will be retooling the activist, making it not a reality show, but instead a documentary. And it will still air on CBS 
Uh, but simply, they are just going to retool the show to make it look like a documentary that's highlighting activism work and not a reality show competition. Bah, 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 yeah, bah. sure, Jan. Sure, honey. Um, <laughs> question, Colleen. Yes, answer, Holly. They've already shot footage for this show, The Activists, and made it a reality TV series. How are yeah. they going to change it and make a difference in the tone, right? Because, okay, so you're going to take out the parts that already exist where they have to be, you know, maybe there's not a, a quote-unquote judging panel or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really curious on how they're going to polish this turd and make it into something that we're going to watch because we already know because- the premise of the show. Okay, and I just want to clarify, this show is not just, there isn't just footage for this show. The show is in the can. Oh. Like, it's done. Dunzini, Dunzo. Because the kind of award for the activist was um, that they were going to send the the winner to the G20 Summit, which is in Rome, at the end of October. So... They've already shot the entire thing. That's just a month away. So it's basically like been storyboarded. I mean, at this point in the game, this was all ready to roll. And so, yes, now they're going to go back over the footage that they've already shot and assembled. And to your point, polish a turd. Also, in the telling of the story then... If somebody is a winner and goes to the G20 summit, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I don't know how they're going to do it, but apparently they think they're going to do it. And the bottom line to me is it, the competition already took place. Right. So whether or not you're going to polish the turd or change the story so that it's more palatable for an audience, the fact remains that the competition happened sure and how is that going to affect the story that's being told on this show right you, because well, I, and just yeah. the story that exists in the world right well, like right. The, we know now the, you know the reality is the, the the competition took place we can tell a different story on the back end but this was even when you're watching it you will know this was all done with the intention of a competition Right, exactly. You know, there was a lot of conversation online regarding this show, The Activists, coming from people who actually work in the sphere and their mm. opinions on it. And, and this started a large conversation about that. And it's interesting. I don't think Julianne Huff really touched on that. I mean, she was touching on more of the pop culture references. But, it, you know, I suppose on one hand, and I think you guys kind of talked about this yesterday when talking about The Activists, on one hand, this is a platform where organizations get exposure in a way that they otherwise would not. So there is a benefit. On the other hand, the way and the mechanism by which they get exposure is not particularly savory, especially when these are supposed to be organizations or causes that are supposed to uh, buttress the global good, where... It's interesting, a global citizen, which is the advocacy organization co-producing the show, they said global activism centers on collaboration and cooperation, not competition. We apologize to the activist hosts and the larger activist community. We got it wrong. Oh, to they my, big time got it wrong. They, they so super got it wrong. You know, to my point, which would be, and I think we've had this conversation a little bit in the first hour 
where in the sausage making process of the show did someone stop and say, hey, maybe this isn't probably the best optics for what we're trying to do with these charitable organizations? Where was the person who was being like, hey, maybe, guys, not going to maybe we need to rethink about how we're going to package this. And that's the piece that I cannot let go of that I can't stop chewing on is at some point in the development of this show, there should have been and maybe there was and that person got shouted down could be there should have been one one voice saying, guys, I don't know if we're thinking this all the way through. What about, you know, to your point, the optics, but also just, you know, the reality of of, you know, um, how they're paying people and where unions come in and blah 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 lots of stuff lots of stuff it's a big bucket and it's a big bucket of crap and it's gonna be a big bucket of crap and i'm not gonna watch it no, all right thank when we you. Come back, no, thank you. <laughs> no thanks do not want when we come back on the colleen and bradley show what's your favorite teen movie